A special thank you to Torah Anytime for sharing this class and many others. And a special thank you to Isaac Romano for orchestrating the technology behind it and uh, helping in so many ways in making this year possible. The topic this evening is worry, be happy. So we all know the famous song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, and the connotation of that song is only when we're not experiencing daiga, when we're not worried, then it's possible to be happy. I'd like to take a different approach. I'd like to analyze the concept of daiga, what it means to be worried, what it means to be concerned, what the difference is between worry and concern. And I'd like to explore how worry can actually bring to joy. It's not necessarily a contradiction, but it might be the avenue to happiness when understood in the proper context. We have the Parsha of Nazir. We know that the Torah gives an option. Somebody wants to elevate his status of Ruchnius, he wants to climb higher and transcend some of the physical attractions of this world, then he could choose to become a Nazir. What does that mean? Practically speaking, the truth is not much. The halachos of a Nazir are fairly simple. We have Mishnayis that discuss in many cases, but the basic guidelines, the Gedarim of what it means to be a Nazir, is that he doesn't cut his hair. He stays away from wine or any beverage made from grapes. He stays away from grapes. And he does not become Tameh Lemesim. He does not allow himself to get in contact with the deceased. Those are the three main restrictions of Nazirus. Now, how long does Nazirus last for? So we know that Stam Nazirus, if a person makes a general oath without specifying how long he has in mind to stay in Nazir, the Nazirus lasts for 30 days. So when you think about it objectively, becoming a Nazir is not the biggest deal in the world. You're refraining from wine slash grapes, you're not becoming Tameh Lemesim, and you're letting your hair grow for more than 30 days. Many of us don't get haircuts. It could be for me it's somewhat easier, I don't have that much hair in the first place. But even people with hair, they might not get a haircut for a month and a half. Yet the Torah calls the Nazir Kadosh. He's holy. He has sanctified himself through taking on this oath of Nazirus. What is the Kedusha? What is the sanctity of the Nazir? What's the big deal? What are you doing? You could still do everything you did before. You could eat ribs and, and, and have all sorts of delicacies. You could be indulging in this world as long as you're refraining from these three general categories of prohibition, the Torah calls you Kadosh. And what does that do for you in the future? It's one thing that right now for a month, I'm somehow separating myself from the indulgence of this world. I'm doing certain things that are perhaps preventing me from uh, getting too involved and too engaged in Gashmias. But then a month goes by, and I'm the same person I was before. So what's the big deal about being a Nazir? During those 30 days, it doesn't seem like I'm doing much. And then after those 30 days, I'm just returning to the same person I was before. What did I accomplish? So I want to explore why is the Nazir called Kadosh? 
Why is he called holy? The Torah says, Ki nezer rosho, the crown of God is on his head. Clearly Hashem is very impressed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets nachas, so to speak, from someone choosing the path of Naziru. So what did he do? The Ramban tells us, he shares an insight into the mindset of a Nazir. Gidl Haser, what's the point of growing his hair? Hefech HaBuchurim HaMesalsalim Ser Rosham. It's to bring one to the opposite extreme. The opposite of those young men who might spend time fixing their hair and making themselves look pretty. Lihisanos, to look attractive. Vahagidul yolid daiga belev ish. But when one allows his hair to grow and he doesn't keep it trim and kept properly, that brings upon him some level of daiga. That creates worry. Ulafikach hu kadosh. Says the Ramban, that's why he is kadosh. Vitzorich liishtamer min And because of his newly attained status of being kadosh, he has to refrain from coming in contact with tuma. Kihu kekohen hamesharis lelokov. He becomes like a kohen who's engrossed in his service of God. So don't think that he's called Kadosh because he's doing or he's staying away from these three areas of life. To the contrary, the Kedusha is something that comes from a change in perspective. Now that he's letting his hair grow long and he's not caring as much as he did before about his physical appearance, he's removing himself to some degree from the grip of this world that brings daiga, that creates worry in his heart, daiga belev ish, and that's why he's called kadosh. What's the opposite of daiga? What's the opposite of worry? Shalva. One who's not worried is beshalva. He's serene. He's tranquil. He's complacent. What the Ramban is saying and this is explained by the Yisam Derech beautifully. The Ramban is teaching us that the Maila of a Nazir, this new Madrega attained by one who takes on the oath of Nazirus, is that he is waking himself up. He's shaking himself out of, out of the shalva, out of the slumber and the intoxication of complacency, and he's creating daiga. He's creating a concern or a sha'ifa or aspirations, a desire, a yearning to grow and to become a different human being than he was before. That's what defines this person as Kadosh. The Ramban says in Parshas Vayera, when he's explaining the sin of the men of stone. The Torah tells us, The men of stone were extremely evil in the eyes of Hashem. Not just roim, but roim v'chatoim l'Hashem ma'od. So what did they do? Says the Ramban, basing himself on the Gemara, Shayim They were causing anger and they were rebelling against Hashem. Bishalvasam in their serenity, 
and through not taking care of the poor people, neglecting those people who were in need. But the Ramban focuses on one very crucial word, not just that they were causing Hashem to be disappointed and angry, so to speak, not only were they rebelling, not only were they lacking also in Bein Adam Lachavero, they were totally ignoring the plight of those who needed the most. But it sounds like explains the Psalm Derech, the Shoresh, the root, the reason they were able to ignore those in need was because Bishalvasam in their serenity and their complacency, that's what led them to totally ignore, to become numb and callous to those people that were desperately, desperately struggling. The opposite of daiga is shalva. And this is somewhat counterintuitive because we would assume shalva's ha-nefesh, the serenity, the menuchas ha-nefesh that we're striving for, that's, that's the life of tranquility. That's the life I would love to live. We don't want daiga. But it sounds like from the presentation of the Ramban, both here in Parshas Naso, and to contrast what he's saying in Parshas Vayera, sometimes daiga can be healthy and productive for one's spirituality. It shakes them up out of that slumber of shalva. And sometimes shalva can be very detrimental. Being overly complacent, being satisfied, being saveya, being satiated with what I'm doing and where I am, that could be one's downfall. That was the shorish, that was the root to the terrible evil that took place in stone. The Gemara and Kedushan tells us, and this is also somewhat counterintuitive, that Godel Osa, that if you do a mitzvah when you're commanded to do it, it's an obligation, it's a chiv that I have. I get more schar, I get more reward than eno mitzuva v'osa, than someone who's doing it voluntarily. I don't have to do it. I'm officially putter, I'm exempt for whatever the reason may be. But I, I choose to do it. I want to come closer to Hashem, so I'm going to do the mitzvah even though I don't have to. We would have assumed, obviously, if you don't have to do something and you're choosing to do it anyway, that will lead to more schar. But the Gemara we know famously says that's not how a Kaddish Baruch Hu views it. Godel metzuva v'osa. If you have to do it, and you actually do it, that's a greater accomplishment. Why do I get more schar? So Tosas explains, the reason why I get more reward for doing something when I have to, is because misha metzuva v'osa odif, once I know I have to do something, then doeg, I'm worried, I'm concerned, and I'm pained that I might not do it well. I might not come through. I might not fulfill my responsibility. And therefore, there's more of an anxiety. There's more of a pressure. I'm feeling more stress. And that's why there's more schar. There's more pain involved, so of course you're going to get more reward. That's how Tosva seems to explain the Gemara. That's the rationale as to why it's more of an accomplishment when I do something because I have to. Because knowing I have to, that brings more daiga. I think we can all relate to this. We know when we have to get up early in the morning, 
and we set our alarm to go off at 5.15 because I have to be somewhere, oftentimes you wake up at 4.45 to make sure you didn't miss it, and then again at 5, and you end up sleeping a lot less than you could have slept, because you're worried, there's daiga, I don't want to miss my alarm because I need to be there by six. So I get why there's more reward, because there's more pain, but it doesn't sound like the greatest system in the world. Does the Kaddish Baruch Hu want us to be in pain? Does the Kaddish Baruch Hu want us to experience daiga and worry? Does Hashem want us to be stressed out? It's hard to imagine that that's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants from us. The Torah's ways are pleasant. We have responsibility. We have a harayas. But to say a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants me to be under pressure, and therefore I'm going to give you more schar because you're working harder and there's more uh, psychological anguish, sounds like a very strange system. It's interesting to note that the Yam Shal Shlomo, the Marshal, in his uh, commentary to Babakama, he explains the reason for Bar Mitzvah as to why we have a Simcha, why do we get together with a Suda. Nowadays, unfortunately, most of the Bar Mitzvahs have been through Zoom, but back in the olden days, before virtual Bar Mitzvahs, they had real Bar Mitzvahs where people actually got together in person. What's the point of this great celebration? I want to read you a few lines from the Marshal. He says, You will not find any celebration, a Suda's Mitzvah, greater than this. The very name of the celebration, a Bar Mitzvah, is the proof that this is a real Simcha. Va'osim simcha, and we make a party. Venosnim lamakum shevach v'hodaya, and we express gratitude and praise to Hashem for allowing us to, to come to this milestone. Shezacha hanar lios bar mitzvah. That Baruch Hashem, this little boy, is now able to become a bar mitzvah. And what's the great simcha, says the Marshal? Ve'gadol ha'matzuva va'osa, quoting the Gemara in Kedushin. Now what he does really counts. Before, every mitzvah he did was voluntary. He didn't really have to. There was no Torah obligation mandating him to do this mitzvah. You didn't have to say the bracha. You didn't have to keep Shabbos on a Torah level. But now you have to, and therefore, gadol mitzvah v'osa. According to Tosfos, that means, now you're going to get more reward, because now you have the stress anxiety and pressure of keeping all Taryag mitzvos. Mazel tov! Right? What a beautiful celebration! We're all getting together because now you're going to feel more stress and more guilt if you don't do it well. That's a Jewish celebration! So we need to clarify what exactly is this system? What does the Kodesh Baruch Hu we can't say the words, what does Hashem have in mind? We have no clue what Hashem has in mind. But according to our limited perception of the, the Darche Hashem, as revealed to us through Chazal, I think it's a fair question to explore, what is this whole idea of Daigo? Why does Hashem want us to be worried? 
Why are we celebrating the fact that when a young boy becomes bar mitzvah, Baruch Hashem, he's mitzvah v'osah, that's true. You're going to get more reward in the next world, and maybe more fulfillment in Mirz Hashem in this world. We believe that as well. But part and parcel of the mitzvah v'osah is the daiga. Why would we celebrate daiga? The truth is to make matters more complicated. We have many sources that seem to indicate daiga, worry, anxiety, stress, they're all extremely unhealthy. Now doctors have been saying this for decades, but the truth is Shlomo HaMelech said this thousands of years ago, well before it was the in thing to tell anyone suffering from anything you can't figure out, it must be because you're too stressed. Shlomo HaMelech tells us in Mishlei, Leib semeach yetiv panim. If you have a glad heart, that brightens up your face. But when you have a heart that's depressed, that's worried, that's down, then you begin to wither. Explains the Rebbe Yonah in this Pasuk. He says, some people think that when it comes to the physical well-being of the human body, it's based on what we do physically. How well do I take care of myself? What is my diet? What is my nutrition? What is my exercise schedule? And if I'm not doing any of those things, or I'm eating poorly and I'm not moving around that much, then obviously I'm not going to be as healthy. And that's all true. But says there Ben Yona, the main message, the main lesson of Shlomo HaMelech in this particular Pasuk, Leiv Semeach Yetiv Panim, is that ki ikr hanas haguf the main pleasure, the main vitality of the body, not the soul, not the heart, but the main hanas haguf and the main source of pain, not psychologically, not even emotionally, but physically, teluyim believe it starts out in the heart. It starts out in the mind. When a person is feeling good about himself and he's feeling good about life, then everything is smoother even physically. The aches and pains don't bother us as much. I'm able to move around with more alacrity. I'm, I'm more energetic. But if there's atzvus haruach, if I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling gloomy, then shever haruach, that breaks the spirit, explains the Rebbe Yonah. It's not just the spirit, but it's the body that's being broken, that's decaying based on our mindset. So the way we think and the way we perceive reality and the way we feel, whether or not we're, we're besimcha or we have daiga, that impacts us psychologically, but also physically. And therefore, writes the Orcho Sadikim, stay away from worry. It's the worst thing in the world for you. The Orcho Sadikim writes, Eni motze klal elyonos simin daiga. I have never seen amongst the great Torah giants the personalities that represent true spirituality, I've never seen Simon Daiga, any suggestion, any reflection of worry. They're always Bishalva. 
They're always serene. They're always living with the menuchas and nefesh. So in contrast to what the Ramban seems to tell us, in stark contrast to what the Nazir is accomplishing by leaving Shalva and, and bringing upon himself Daiga, the Orcha Sadikim and really Shlomo HaMelech are telling us the exact opposite is true. Daiga kills you. Stress kills you. Anxiety shortens your life. It's all based on your mind. You need to be besimcha. You need Shalva. I've never seen one of the tzaddikim with a simon of daiga. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing thought. When you see pictures, just recently I had a new, uh, a new hop, a new idea. You could buy pictures, or theoretically, if a picture is not copyrighted, you could print it out from online. Now when you do so, you waste a lot of ink, but it's still probably cheaper than a photograph. Now again, you have to consult your halachic authority when and where this is permissible. But we did so recently with a picture of a Shlomo Zalman and a Rav Avram Yaakov Pam. And uh, we had old frames and we put their picture into the frames. And my two boys were excited to have their pictures in their room. So now on the wall, they have a picture of Buddy, the neighbor's dog, Aleha Shalom, who no longer is in this world. And uh, we have pictures of the family, and we also have a picture of Rav Shlomo Zalman Arobach and Rav Pam. But the Tzad Shava between Gedoli Yisrael, when you meet them, when you bask in their presence, there is a Shalvas Hanefesh, there is a serenity. If you've seen the, the, the videos of Rabbi Yashiv learning Gemara, just swaying back and forth with intensity of thought, but relaxation of the body. And it's that balance that, that takes years to accomplish, but that's the goal. I could be thinking with full focus. I'm totally absorbed in, in, in the Gemara, in the Tosfos, in the Rashba that's in front of me. But it's with Menuchas HaNefesh. It's, it's with the connection, with the Bitochem. The Peleyoetz, when he speaks about the adverse effects of Daiga, he quotes from the Chacham. It doesn't tell us who the Chacham is. But he quotes the wise man who said, Ha'avar ayin, the past is gone. Ha'asid adayin, and the future is not yet here. Daigam minayin. So why do you have to worry? Kum shteyayin. Have a glass of wine and relax. Right? Avar ayin, asid adayin. Daigam minayin, kum shteyayin. Relax. Shima dover kavar avar, and the Pelayoetz explains, if the experience already took place, if we already had that conversation, my Yoel Bedaiga, what am I going to help? What am I going to fix by replaying it in my head over and over again? Just bringing back those bitter memories. Im Yucha are able to go back in time and somehow change that particular episode? It was traumatic. But now my job is, how do I work past it? How could I almost tap into that energy of trauma and channel it for the future to help myself and to help others? He says, think about it. Was it not already enough, the pain you had to go through? Why bring it up over and over again in your head? You're bringing back the pain and you're choosing to live with that tsar every moment. Let it go. 
You got to move past it. And if it's something I'm, I'm anxious about in the future, so then it depends. If there's a way to somehow circumvent that issue, or fix it, or preempt it, then go for it. Pour in all of your ishtadlus. But if it's just the worry about what may happen. So, if there's no tekana, what is the worry going to help? Have bitachon and live life with peace of mind. Zeklal gadol lahaser hadaiga. Bitachon is the klal gadol. It's the guiding principle, right, to relieve ourselves from worry. Ernest Hemingway probably got this phrase from the Peleyoitz. Ernest Hemingway once said, if something is wrong, fix it if you can. But train yourself not to worry. Worry never fixes anything. And he's really quoting the Peleyowitz. So how do we understand this whole sugiya, this whole world? Is daiga a good thing and shalva a bad thing? Or is shalva the bad thing? Opposite. Or is shalva the good thing and daiga the bad thing? When a mother is taking care of her child, and the Chazonish writes about the, the miracle that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created human nature, where the mother has this intuition, this desire to take care of her child at any hour of the night. It might not be easy. It might be painful. I just spoke to someone who Baruch Hashem had a child after a few years, and uh, he said, on one hand, we're so incredibly grateful. It's just so hard. We haven't slept in two months. It's painful to wake up at four in the morning after waking up at two in the morning, after going to sleep at 12.45, knowing you're going to be up again at five. That's not easy. You might call that temporarily a life of tsar. You might call that a life of daiga. You speak to someone who tragically has been trying for years and years and they're not able to have a child and they would give anything to be woken up in the middle of the night five six seven eight times doesn't make a difference I would love to hear the crying sound of a baby just wanting me to come and comfort her so the mother who has this challenge, we can never say, yeah, it's not a big deal, you have to appreciate it. That's every challenge in the world. It's hard, it's painful, but it could be the greatest joy and the greatest sense of shalva, even though it's painful. There's a distinction between worry and concern. Worry means I'm anxious. There is no place in kol HaTorah Kula where Kaddish Baruch Hu says, I want you to be anxious. I want you to be stressed out. The Torah of Kaddish Baruch Hu is pleasant. It doesn't mean that we spend our lives just chilling. There's a chrayis, there's responsibility, and sometimes it's, it, it's hard, sometimes it hurts to keep on pushing in whatever our particular nisayon may be. But never worry. Concern is very healthy. Concern can be the catalyst to higher levels of spirituality. The mother has a great concern 
over her child. The athlete who's pushing himself more than he feels he could physically do at this present moment, but he keeps on steiging, so to speak. That hurts. That's so incredibly painful. To build muscle mass is not at all pleasant. That's doegu mitzta'er. You're worried and you're pained. But it's not the worry and pain of anxiety. It's the worry and pain of concern. I'm doing something that I love doing. I'm doing something that defines me. I'm doing something that I recognize is a bracha, is something that I've davened for for years and now I have it. Even though it hurts me, I wouldn't ask for anything else besides this. The Nazir, in his efforts to break free from complacency, he's trying to break out of a shalva of satiation. That I'm fine, I don't need anything else, I'm good where I am. To that mindset, the Torah says, do all you possibly can to break out of that. You're not going to grow. You're going to be the same person you are now in five years from now. You're going to be reliving this year every year of your life. You're going to look back when you're 87 years old feeling that I could have accomplished so much more. Wake yourself up now while there's still time. Create daiga. Not anxiety, not stress. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want that. But create a real concern. Create a she'ifa. Don't feel it's okay to stay where you are. That's what the Nazar is trying to accomplish. If you're trying to lose weight, and Baruch Hashem, over the last few months you lost 10 pounds, and everyone's commenting, wow, you look great, you're melting away, and you're feeling good about yourself, you're feeling positive. And then the quarantine comes, and I'm not moving around as much as I used to, and those 10 pounds go right back to where they started from. So I gained back all the weight. Did I gain anything besides weight? Not really. You, you, were, you were pushing, you were struggling, you did well, maybe you're building confidence for the future, but now you're back to where you started from. When it comes to inyanim of ruchnius, when it comes to spiritual accomplishments, that's not how it works. Any small step I take, towards Hashem. Any barrier I'm able to break down, to be shover mechitzos, to somehow get rid of all of that, that fog and, and that, that numbness that's, that's between me and the Kaddish Baruch Hu, even if I end up taking a step or even three steps back, that accomplishment is there forever. That spark of Kedusha has transformed me. There's no such thing as gaining back weight when it comes to a spiritual accomplishment. The Pasuk says earlier on in the Parsha, the Ishes Kedusha of Loyu, Isha Shayitan the Kohen Loyia. The Chafetz Chaim explains what does that mean that the, 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 the Kedusha of a person will be his, taking the Pasuk somewhat out of the context. Chafetz Chaim says, the Torah is teaching us that whatever Kedusha we're able to infuse within our Neshama, or more accurately, whatever Kedusha we're able to pull out and access from the Neshama, that will stay with you forever. Even if I end up falling in the future, even if I end up miles behind where I was three years ago, but the progress never fades. I've built myself and that's me forever. I can't lose that mitzvah. I can't lose that step towards Hashem. That's why even for 30 days, 
of course I'm going to go back to being somewhat of the, of the same human being I was before my oath of Nazirus. I'm going to drink wine again. I enjoy a nice glass of Cabernet. The Peleoite says, Kum We have to follow the advice of the Peleoites. But I'm not the same person because I've built myself and I've transformed myself. Any little step in the world of Ruchnius transforms me forever, regardless of where I go in the future. Rav Simcha Zisol, the great author of Kelm, he writes a letter to his son, where he says, I'm writing to you a short letter, but qualitatively, it's massive. I want to share with you advice that I gained from the Parsha of Nazirus. Says Rav Simcha Zisol to his son, if the Torah is telling us, if the Torah is praising the human being who chooses to be a Nazir for 30 days, and we're calling this person Kadosh, because there's daiga, there's healthy concern for his growth. He's shaking off the, the shalva, the unhealthy shalva. Imagine what it would do if you would commit to one week, or one month, or even one hour, of intensity in learning, of intensity in prayer, of really being there for someone else, if it's ben adam lemakom, if it's ben adam lechavero, that could change you forever. Reb Simchazisel says, if you really analyze what the Nazir is doing, he's not doing anything that's objectively defined as moral or good. He's trying to separate himself from the physical world. It's a heksher, it's a way of hopefully developing the sensitivities to become more entrenched in his ruchnius. But imagine if you could actually be doing something that's directly connecting you with Hashem in a more intense way than you've ever done before. You don't have to make a commitment forever. It's not all or nothing. Because even if we do it right now, we're a different person forever. People ask the question during the Aserisim Tshuva. We have 10 days where we don't eat pas palter. We stay away from uh, things that usually were more mekelin. Who are you fooling? Right? You're just faking it for 10 days? I'm trying harder not to speak Lashon Hara. What is that going to do to you if in the future you fall down again? And the answer is, it changes you forever. Because now I'm a different human being. The Simcha of a Bar Mitzvah explains the Marshal is that now this young man is Metzuva V'ose. Metzuva V'ose, Tosva says, Shedoegu Metztair. Not an unhealthy, not anxious, not stressed, that we stay away from like the plague. But Doegu Metztair means now he's able to be truly concerned and really care about doing things right, just like the mother wants to be there for her child. Just like when she hears that cry, even though it's painful, but there's nothing sweeter in the world than being able to comfort you, being able to feed you from my very body. When that 13-year-old boy wakes up for Shachris, no one in their right mind is going to say, isn't this amazing? Don't you love getting up at 6.45 in the morning? Ah, what a privilege. No, it's torture. Yes, it is torture. And it's painful. But even the pain can be beautiful in the right context. Worry, no. Concern, yes. It's a shame we should learn. We should take some level of his auras and awakening for ourselves from the Parsha of Nazir 
We don't have to transform everything we do all the time forever, but every little step we take, any little she'ifa, any ambition I have to come closer to Hashem, in the present, I'm an entirely different human being, and even years later, even if I fall, I've transformed myself forever. Wishing everybody a wonderful Shabbos.